But first, we're going to hear from Ryan McGuire. Um, you know, last week I, I'm sitting around and I'm I'm on my phone, which I'm I am a lot, and I come across on Instagram uh, a list of awards, preseason awards for Big 12 volley- volleyball. So we're already there. Big 12 volleyball, Baylor volleyball coming back in the fall. Here's Ryan McGuire talking about his team this season and uh, the excitement for Baylor volleyball returning soon on the John Morris Show. And joining us now is Baylor head coach Ryan McGuire. And coach, uh, hope your summer's going well, and we appreciate you being on with us. John, thanks for having me. Definitely a busy summer, but going well. Y'all are busy. You've had camps. Uh, what, what else is going on? You know, the dead period for all coaches ended uh, June 1st. And then, um, so that was like a different city for a different day up until the 15th. And then on the 15th is when we could start calling and reaching out to our recruits in the 23 class. So it didn't give you much time to go out and go see them uh, before having these calls. And then, yep, more camps, more recruiting. And the one afternoon that I have time for yard work, it's 100 degrees outside, but you do can. So. Are we keeping you from yard work? Is that what we're doing right now? Uh, yes, you are, but that, that's great. I, I, I think I'm burnt out today. So, gotcha. No, I'm actually in the office and uh, getting some work done, but really excited about this upcoming season. And, and there's been a lot this week about uh, volleyball from a Baylor perspective, from a Big 12 perspective. Let's start with the uh, preseason poll released earlier this week. Texas, which was the national runner-up last year, uh, they were picked to win the league. And you guys, your team was picked a second right behind them, picked up one first-place vote. That uh, is, again, good uh, preseason recognition for your team. Yeah, we've we've been in the hunt uh, last few years. So I, you know, way back when took the job, I would have been ecstatic to have been picked so high. And now we're trying to keep on climbing. So uh, us in Texas will probably be a battle uh, every year for for many more years to come. And the preseason uh, All Big Twelve team that was released earlier this week. You had a couple, couple, not just one, but two representatives on the first team. Yeah, you know, we're very blessed. Uh, you know, we're going to have 10 seniors on this team, our 11 seniors, 10, uh, 10 that will be in their last year. But uh, Yossiana Presley, 2019 National Player of the Year, we get her back. Uh, that is one of the blessings of COVID that extra year. And then uh, Avery Skinner, uh, transfer from Kentucky, who won the national championship, beating Texas in that uh, finale, is uh, is coming here for grad school. So we're going to have a lot of firepower throughout the team. Uh, you know, honestly, I'm I'm excited about Marika coming back, and Lauren Harrison was the All Conference for us as well, plus Hannah Sedwick. So um, you know, I'm I'm hopeful not just those two, but many more end up making all big 12 at the end of the year when it really counts. That's terrific. And uh, what a great senior class. I know you appreciate the, the leadership uh, of the class and having Yasiana uh, Presley back for another year. Uh, what's the process like with, with somebody like Avery Skinner? Um, how does all that transpire, transpire her ending up transferring here? Uh, you know, it's really just a blessing of Baylor being a great, great school and, and she's going into speech pathology and, uh, our, our program is able to, to work with volleyball athletes. We, Ashley Fritcher, we've had others in the past that have gone through this great program. Just, just one of the top. So, um, no great brilliance on my part. It really is just her wanting to get back to Texas and get into this program. And then, uh, she does enjoy the success we've had and, and is and fit in with the, the team culture and everyone really, really well. Uh, such a, a mature, bright, 
athlete. And, you know, if you look at her career, she wasn't uh, All-American right away, but had to buy her time at Kentucky and really, you know, is, is just now coming into her own these, this last year especially. And am I right? She's played in the Farrell Center before, right? Kentucky was here for uh, for an NCAA tournament. Of, when was that, two or three years yeah. ago? Yep, yep, 2019 when okay. we were hosting, uh, I think it was Washington that uh, that knocked them out or we would have been, been playing them to go to the mm. Final Four. So, uh, yep, she's been here before. And, uh, you know, her dad way back when played here, Baylor as well. So there's definitely some ties. Coach, how beneficial has it been to, to get back on the trail recruiting-wise as far as, you know, building relationships and, and kind of getting to know the young ladies that you've been contacting, I guess, virtually for the past year? Uh, it's, it's been wild. It's, you know, just to see them live makes such a difference to get in the gyms and the, and the practice. And, you know, it's still been limited. We haven't been able to do it very long. So normally you want to watch them practice, see how they train. You want to be able to watch them in the, in the matches and see how they perform. And just kind of doing all this streaming stuff makes it difficult. So you really got an idea of who's good. Uh, but, you know, it takes some homework and, and you want to see that a little bit over time. Um, you know, so we've identified a lot. There's a lot of great athletes want to come here as well. And so now it's just trying to figure out, you know, where they fall in the place and who the offers will be to and, and um, you know, which ones we can get on these visits coming up here soon. Ryan McGuire, our guest, Baylor volleyball coach. Baylor picked second in the preseason Big 12 poll this year, and your uh, schedule was released today. Uh, what did you do? Did you hand that off to, to uh, Coach Williams, Coach Erger, and they said, hey, look, here's what we came up with. How, how did you end up with such a tough schedule this year? No, I uh, I, I did the schedule, so <laughs> if it if it's well, it's because we have a great team. If it doesn't go well, you, everyone can definitely blame me on it. Um, you know, this is what the girls signed up for. It's, it's, it's part of the dream. Uh, we we are senior loaded in that. Uh, it, it got tougher a little bit more than expected, but, uh, you know, we entered in a four-year agreement with uh, Wisconsin and Minnesota, which I, I think is going to be great. Uh, they're, they're regularly tops in the, uh, in the Big Ten, and, and, you know, one of those two teams is normally going to make it to the Final Four. So, for the next four years, we'll be able to see how ready we are heading into the season, and, and that's something I look forward to. Uh, you know, Pitt and Tennessee, both great programs, and, and with the transfer portal, everybody's getting better at uh, different levels, so those will be tough matches. Uh, Florida was, was one that we had set up that we were unable to do because of COVID. Uh, Yossi's got her mom out there and, and wanted to get her back to Florida, something we try and do you know, for all of our athletes is, is get, get close to their hometown. Um, so we had the match in Florida, and, and I think uh, there was another Big Ten found out we were the other ones, and they ended up pulling out, and so it, it turned into back-to-back matches instead of just the, the one. And, um, yeah, we'll host uh, – it'll be a little – it'll be some road trips. Those are all road trips, and then we'll get to host Rice, who's been really coming off a couple good years as well here for a home opener uh so no question all, all those matches are gonna definitely prepare us for conference and, and really even beyond get us prepared and, and see you know where our faults are and how we can get better but we're uh, our offense is going to be fun we're going to do some things a little bit different a little unique this year and uh i'm, I'm really excited about it 
Ooh, sounds interesting. So you're playing four of last year's Elite Eight teams. You're playing seven top ten teams on that schedule. And and then one, another part of it that caught my eye was only uh, only ten home matches this year. That's uh, that's not a lot of opportunities, not as many as normal to see your team in the Farrell Center. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it, uh, we'll get back on track the, the following year so that the conference side will be even. We're, we normally try and go two weekends away, two weekends home. Um, but just getting that flip-flop with the COVID year and, and we owe Tennessee a trip and want to get out of Florida. So it'll, uh, yeah, it'll test us. But, you know, on the flip side, if things go well, it, it really puts us in good shape for a national seed at the end of the year. Uh, it's, it's a good chance we'll end up with, you know, top one or two uh, strength of schedules and for sure when it's RPI. And you do get Texas in Waco this year, uh, November 5th and 6th, the Friday and Saturday. And the Big 12 schedule again this year is uh, two matches, back-to-back nights at the same site. Uh, it's what we did last year due to COVID. Uh, doing it again this year. Is that here to stay, you think, that type schedule? Uh, no, I, I don't think so. I think it's it's the balance out what we did last year. And then, uh, you know, Lord willing, we'll get back to that Wednesday-Saturday schedule. Um, you know, that's my preference just for competitive equity, um, you know, playing everybody home in a way it's, it's more like basketball schedule, but, uh, the schedule still saves a little bit on, on money and, and a little bit on the COVID stuff where, where you're not going to the airports as many times. So it, it'll bounce off, and then uh, hopefully we'll be, we'll be back to that Wednesday-Saturday schedule. I got you. All right, final question. Uh, what's going on with your team, with your uh, with your girls right now? Uh, give us a snapshot of what they're doing here in the middle of June, or late June, middle of the summer. Yeah, well, we, we got most of them all here, and they're working their tails off in the morning with uh, Coach Lowe. Uh, it is optional workouts, but uh, they're they're there pretty much in full force. Uh, I'm not able to check in and know for sure, but uh, when they swing by, they're all looking really strong and fit. They're uh, knocking out their classes and they're uh, they're working an open gym. So we got a lot of, like I said, athletes in grad school that are also balancing some jobs and internships uh, among among everything else, but. We also welcome the rest of our 21 class is here now to uh, get acclimated to school. So we had some come in January and the rest are here and our, uh, our size, you know, we, we're going to look a lot taller too. the, uh, you know, we picked up three more six, five plus girls uh, that, that are going to be pretty good for us uh, this year and down the road as well. Very nice. As Baylor volleyball coach Ryan McGuire discussing uh, his team's off season, their tough schedule and some Big 12 preseason awards. We'll come back and we'll uh, let you hear some of John Morse's conversation with Daniel Hare, sports law professor, about the latest changes in the NCAA, the latest rulings against the NCAA. This is the John Morris Show, though. It's presented by Diamore Fine Jewelers. Diamore Fine Jewelers on West Waco Drive. Where Waco gets engaged. 
This is a Fox 44 weather update. I'm Chief Meteorologist Mike LaPointe. The rain and isolated thunderstorms out there will gradually decrease later on this evening, leaving us with mostly cloudy skies and 72 degrees. It'll be mostly cloudy tomorrow with a 70% chance of showers and a few storms, a high of 87. And on Wednesday, partly sunny skies with a 30% chance of scattered showers and a few storms and a high of 9. Join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 536 and 9 for your forecast first. Plus, check out fox44news.com for any changes in the weather. Need a vacation? First Central Credit Union can help you make a splash with a home equity loan. Your home's equity can provide the cash flow you need. It's your choice. Use cash for home improvements, debt consolidation, a new vehicle, college expenses, a wedding, a dream vacation, a medical emergency, or any other unexpected or desired expense. Act now and enjoy no closing costs up to $75,000. Apply online at firstcentralcu.com for a quick local decision. Low subject to credit approval and some restrictions apply. Offer valid through June 30th. Member NCUA. Hi, Jay here from Pickup Outfitters with a question. If you had a very good friend with very bad breath and everyone knew it except him, wouldn't you tell him? I believe you would because it's part of the bro code. So now this same friend is driving a truck around town without a stitch of accessories. I mean, no step bars, no bed cover, no grill guard, totally naked. And he's unaware how embarrassing it is. Don't you owe it to him, bro to bro, to tell him he's driving around a new truck? At Pickup Outfitters, we think you do, and we're asking you to join the cause to end truck nudity in Central Texas, one bro at a time. So grab your buddy, ask him to get a beer with you, and break the news to him gently. Then show him all the possibilities for his truck on the Pickup Outfitters website. You can even bring him to Pickup Outfitters. As our thanks to your commitment to your bro, we'll even take the price of the beer off the ticket. Unless, of course, it's a light beer. Pickup Outfitters of Waco, we're here to help you and your bro. On the web at createacommotion.com. My house has a new glow. I love my windows. Universal Windows Direct. Summer is here and so is home improvement season. It's time to get those windows replaced. Call Universal Windows Direct of Central Texas and schedule an in-home consultation where you can discuss your specific window needs with an expert team member. Universal's exclusive Unishield windows are sealed with Duralite, a non-metal spacer that has life expectancy five times that of other systems. And they offer 0% financing for 60 months. That's 0% financing for 60 months. Contact Universal Windows Direct of Central Texas for a free in-home estimate. Universal Windows Central Texas.com. That's Universal Windows Central Texas.com. Or call 254 301 7760. And be sure to check out their great Google and Angie List reviews. I love my windows. They've got that brand new home effect. Universal Windows Direct. I struggled with symptoms like frequent gas and stomach pain for years. I was bloated all the time with daily diarrhea. At first, I thought it was what I was eating. I kept thinking it was stomach issues. So I did my research and talked to my doctor, and we finally uncovered the truth. It, it was, was actually EPI. Exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, or EPI, is a condition where your pancreas is unable to help break down your food. It can lead to symptoms like diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, unexplained weight loss, and oily stools. And EPI symptoms can be confused with those of other common digestive conditions like irritable bowel syndrome, Crohn's, and celiac disease. So getting to the right diagnosis meant being more open with my doctor about the severity of my symptoms and how often they were happening. But there's good news. EPI is manageable, so don't wait any longer. Use the symptom checker at identifyepi.com and schedule a visit or call with your doctor to ask, 
Could I have EPI? Sponsored by AbbVie. Back at it, John Moore's show. Jimbo's out today. Stephen Simcox taking you through this hour. Earlier last week, Jimbo got a chance to chat with Daniel Hare. He's a sports law professor at the grad school at Baylor. Also a former athletic director. And they discussed, hey, what does this ruling by the Supreme Court mean for the NCAA? How is college athletics going to change? Here's Daniel Hare discussing those subjects with Jamo. Welcome, and we appreciate you helping us digest and understand this. Well, thanks for having me. It's a it's a sports law nerd's dream uh, <laughs> this month right now to have a Supreme Court case and, of course, the NIL stuff happening, too. So uh, I appreciate the chance to come on and talk about it. And tell everybody right off the top, sports law is kind of – that's your niche, isn't it? I mean, it, it, that area and those subjects uh, really yeah. get you going. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I teach it over at the grad school at Baylor still um, and happy to do that again after a, a year off for the pandemic. Uh, adjuncts were not uh, – uh, we weren't doing that, so I'm excited to be back teaching this fall. And now to have a bunch of material, now i got to take the, the textbooks won't have any of this in it. So wow. we'll be recreating a bunch of stuff. So it's exciting. That's great. All right. In in simplest terms or as simple as you, you want to make it, <laughs> uh, what what is the Supreme Court ruling? How does that affect colleges? How is that a benefit to student athletes? Yeah, I mean, there's really, I, I, I kind of take away three things from this opinion. Um, the first is sort of the narrow ruling on the merits and on the particular issue of these non or I'm sorry, these educational related benefits, which is what the court was looking at specifically and, and only looking at that, um, which are the things like graduate scholarships and tutoring and instruments and computers things that right now are prohibited by NCAA rules that uh, are now uh, no longer uh, able to do that. Because this was a 9 nothing decision, a mm-hmm. uh, unanimous decision from this court. And um, so th- that was really practically what was at issue. So now, uh, you know, whether schools or conferences decide to create policies or start offering those benefits, I think we'll see some of those similar patterns that we saw when the cost of attendance happened mm-hmm. a few mm-hmm. years ago. And schools sort of one by one and conferences one by one, start, are we going to do full cost of attendance or how much. And I think we'll see a lot of that as it pertains to these educationally re- related benefits. Um, the, so that's kind of the narrow scope. The, the bigger picture and what I think is more you know, forward-looking, more important, honestly, is what it means for other compensation restrictions that the NCA has on the books. Because for 45 years, basically, or I'm sorry, 37 since the last Supreme Court case that we had on this, uh, we have basically been listening to the NCA argue over and over again that it is not even subject to antitrust law, mm-hmm. that it should be carved out because it's an educational thing. It's not commercial. Any, it's hard to like think about that anymore, being not commercial, but that's what they've been arguing. And this court, Supreme Court makes it clear here that, no, y- you are a subject to antitrust law and that um, we are going to apply the same test to you that we apply to every other industry and trade organization. And uh, so it was very easy for this court to knock down those uh, restrictions uh, using those tests. And so the question is, going forward, uh, what does that mean if for the next 
plaintiff group that lines up and says, okay, we want to bring up, you know, a straight up uh, salaries and that kind of stuff. How is that going to survive? And um, so that's where we got into a lot of, I think what people caught on was the uh, Justice Kavanaugh concurrence, which was a pretty spicy uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> concurrence, uh, which we can talk about, um, but where it made clear where he stood. Um, and uh, so I think that's what's going to be interesting moving forward. Gotcha. You mentioned one thing you mentioned in there was the last time the Supreme Court uh, gave an opinion in this area. Was that the uh, the uh, TV football ruling? It was. Uh, University of Oklahoma. When was that? 1984. Yes. 84. So okay. at that time, people may remember uh, back then uh, that the NCA controlled the television distribution. Yeah. It wasn't the conferences independently negotiating with networks. The NCA controlled it and they restricted it. So there yeah. were just certain games and certain teams that, and, and not from like a, a necessarily nefarious point, but they were really trying to make sure that, um, you know, certain schools uh, had access to television and they were trying to protect attendance at home games right. and things like that for people. And so those are some, but, but that's the last time we had a Supreme court case, unless they lost the NCAA lost that um, case, but there was some language that justice Stevens had put in that opinion um, that this court addressed and says that was um, sort of, essentially on the side. It wasn't part of the opinion. It was oh, okay. uh, it doesn't apply, which sort of gave deference to the NCAA's ability to make rules that it needed to to kind of uh, protect college athletics and that kind of thing. Um, NCAA has hung tight to that <laughs> sentence for years. That one sentence, that, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and this court just calls it out as dicta, which means basically not applicable to huh. other things. So um, so that's gone. So they don't have that anymore. And, and that's kind of, and, but you know, think about the Ninth Circuit Court, which uh, was the last court that heard the O'Bannon case because yeah. that didn't make it to the Supreme Court. Yeah. That's the thing we have to remember is the Supreme Court only takes so few cases and 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 just in general. And then when you get it into the sports world and the college sports world, you just don't see it that often. And so, uh, the, you know, we're not guaranteed to see another one for another 40 years. Uh, and so this case is going to be important because it's going to be how all the lower courts treat these cases as they come forward again. And so, um, and we're going to see more. I mean, I, I can only imagine the plaintiff's lawyers are, are uh, getting the next group together. Yeah. I mean, that, after this case, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Uh, answer us this, uh, and I think I'm correct in saying this, the NIL, the uh, name, image, and likeness has been front page news for a while now. Yeah. That is is related, but not really uh, a part of this ruling. Is that correct? Right. So in, in, in this ruling, we were... Uh, you know, really addressing those educationally related benefits. It was not about NIL, uh, but it does matter. And I think what we were, we were talking earlier that the, uh, the NCAA Division One Council is meeting today and tomorrow to try to figure out what they're going to do on uh, NIL as uh, six states starting July 1st, including yeah. Texas, are going to uh, permit those. Um, and uh, But that, that group was wanting to see this opinion, to to see how it would apply or if it would apply um, and how it might, you know, impact what kind of NIL policy they put forward. Uh, so it definitely matters, um, but they really are separate um, and just looking at them, you know, for what they are. Daniel, obviously, like the Supreme Court can be pretty divided. So how rare is it to get a, a nine nothing decision like this? And could you get a feel for what was really so overwhelming about the case? Yeah, good question. Um, you know, it's funny. There's more unanimous opinions than you would think, um, and the reason why you don't hear about them is because they're not they're boring, really newsworthy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and everyone gets fired up over the you know five four decisions and that kind of thing. 
Um, and uh, but honestly, there are a lot of cases that go up and that wind up being 9-0 and 8-1 and 7-2 even. And so it's not that unusual for there to be a, a unanimous opinion. Um, and uh, I think even people that listened to the arguments uh, when they argued this case before the Supreme Court got a fairly decent sense that, that there weren't many friendly faces in that uh, bench uh, for the NCAA's case. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think it's uh, it's not uncommon for it to be this way. It's also um, you know uh, not uncommon to see uh, a concurring opinion like we had here uh, with with Justice Kavanaugh. Um, and uh, so, yeah. Uh, you know, just one of those deals where we don't hear about them that often. Um, and uh, but you know, we got one here. Daniel here, our guest. Sports law is his uh, is his area of expertise. How much is this ruling a, an, a another body blow to the NCAA? I mean, I think it's huge, honestly, uh, because when you and, and I think Justice Kavanaugh's concurrence really kind of sets the stage for what comes next. And I think, you know, he talks about how uh, I just I'll just quote him. I mean, he says uh, the reason why he wrote it, I add this concurring opinion to underscore that the NCAA's remaining compensation rules also raise serious questions under antitrust law. And, and he goes through that um, and that there are serious questions as whether the remaining compensation rules, that'd be everything. I mean, wow. that's the, yeah. everything could pass muster under this test that we just oh, used. Gosh. So when you read that um, and, and then you read uh, him talk about uh, this was the other piece that I really thought was was helpful and, and made sense uh, for people. You know, the NCAA for all these years have really been arguing amateurism is the core reason why the, they have the product that they have. It's what separates college athletics from professional athletics, right. the fact that the athletes aren't paid. Well, um, what he says here is, you know, okay, but you can't make uh, a, an illegal price fixing a, a, the premium part of your product and use that then to defend against the price fixing. <laughs> so he goes through this whole thing about how it's, he's, it's a circular logic. He's, you can't, you know, uh, he says, uh, hospitals can't agree to cap nurses' income in order to create a purer form of helping. <laughs> Uh, news organizations cannot join forces to curtail pay to reporters in order to preserve a tradition of public-minded journalism. <laughs> you know, all these industries, in any other industry, he says, this would be a straight-up, any all these compensation sure, sure. Uh, lis- limitations would be a complete, you know, uh, uh, an easy call for them. So I think this really does, you know, put the NCAA in the crosshairs for all of their compensation um, you know, restrictions. And, uh, you know, it's not that they can't figure it out, but they just have shown no ability to figure the, I mean, we've had the NIL stuff since O'Bannon and they've had time, they've had years as these state laws have come in and they were up a week, a week out and we still don't have anything. And so it's just, it's for whatever reason, they have not been able to address these things. And so I imagine it'll be another court case that that gets us there because we're just haven't not seeing them move on it. So what's going on right now in the hallowed halls of the NCAA and in uh, meeting rooms at, at schools like Baylor around the country? I mean, how, how, how are schools and the NCAA preparing for what's next? Yeah, I, uh, my guess would be right now from a school standpoint, and obviously as a former athletic director, if I'm sitting you know, in a university right now, an athletic department, um, I'm probably mostly focused on the NIL piece because that's what uh, – especially if I'm in one of these six states, if right. I'm here in Texas and, and, you know, the opportunity is going to become available for our student athletes uh, to take advantage of these things. Um, you know, that's going to be my focus, you know, uh, for sure. Um, the result of this Supreme court case, 
the educational related benefits, that's something that we will. Pro I would probably say, okay, let's start looking at this and create a plan for how we want to budget this out and what do we want to start providing and that kind of thing. But that's a little bit of a bigger picture project, I would think, uh, and a longer timeline than the NIL stuff because athletes are going to want you know that access immediately. Yeah. I, I mean, and so I mean, you saw schools as soon as Governor Abbott signed that into law, I mean, there were schools promoting what all they were doing to prepare for that and to start <laughs> equipping and training, you know, and, and providing the resources to the athletes to get the representation that they would need and the education they would need and all of those things. Uh, and so I think that's what's still really at top of mind for the, the individual's campuses and the schools and the administrators. Um, but, uh, and, and even with the NCAA too, because of this looming deadline of July 1st, uh, you know, but uh, beyond that, I mean, yeah, I, I, I would imagine within the next few months, you'll have a new case that starts the, the ball rolling on the yeah. next one of these uh, yeah. uh, compensation restrictions, and, and that'll be a whole new thing. Wow. Interesting. Well, you've done a very good job explaining it. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah. it, it is very complicated. Anything else we need to know or keep in mind? You know, if this comes up at a <laughs> dinner conversation, <laughs> help us know anything else that maybe we need to know as part of that discussion. Yeah, I mean, I think the one thing that, that we didn't get here because, you know, the, the, the athletes uh, at the trial court level uh, didn't win on the other compensation. I mean, they went for it all at the trial court level, but they didn't win there on just kind of pay for play. Okay. Um, but they chose strategically not to appeal that to the Supreme Court. They wanted a very clean, uh, specific ruling from the court on these other things where I thought they had they thought they had a really good chance of okay. probably getting this kind of 9-0 opinion yeah, yeah. and get all these words on paper that – other courts now are going to use for the next case. So, um, you know, it's, it's, I think that's one of the things to, to remember. And that's why we didn't have more here in this, in this opinion. Um, but, uh, you know, moving forward, I think it's just going to be looking at, uh, can the NCAA adapt and figure out how to come together on some kind of, you know, complete compensation plan, um, including NIL, but including other things as well. Um, and, uh, you know, if not, I think we're going to be right back here <laughs> yeah. doing it again. And will this be a strain on uh, budgets for athletic departments? I mean, we're coming out of COVID and all the added expense there with testing and everything. Is this going to be another, uh, you know, line item in budgets now for schools? Yeah, and that's where I, I think earlier when we were talking and I was mentioning how, you know, doing the, like, uh, planning around the educational-related benefits, some of those graduate scholarships and tutoring and some of those things, that uh, that those are going to be on the budgets. And so those are going to take some planning to figure out, okay, yeah. you know, how much can we provide? Where's that money coming from? And all that. Um, but when it comes to the NIL piece, uh, that, you know, obviously is coming from – third parties That's and true. so yeah. those those yeah. wouldn't be impacting the budget but I, I think the other thing too that um that justice kavanaugh talked about in his concurrence um you know he, he talks about how look this is going to raise issues uh over over time especially if we start striking down these other compensation limits around uh title nine and around how it impacts the other sports that don't bring in the revenue and how you divvy those things up and and, and he basically says yeah that's true um it doesn't make the current scheme any less yeah. legal any right. more legal <laughs> so <laughs> right. you know it's, it is what it is so we're going to have to figure it out um which is why i think that uh the ncaa and president mark emmer there was trying and has been trying to get some type of federal legislation through congress um that could 
provide some antitrust protection, at least on some of these areas, while they can come up with a plan that you know starts to share some of that revenue more with the athletes um, through NIL and maybe other things. Um, they've just not been able to get that done. And, and I mean, you know, I think the, the lead senator on the committee for that has, uh, has already said they can't get it done by July 1st, and yeah. they're going to try to get it done before the fall recess, before Labor Day, but uh, whether or the August recess, I suppose, uh, but whether they can get that done or not. It's hard to say. Yeah. Um, you know, I watched some of the student athletes uh, testifying before that committee uh, a week or so ago, and um, and I thought all of them did a really great job. And but it's obvious that a lot of the senators are you know are, are just so unfamiliar <laughs> with all sure. these issues, oh, I'm sure. which you know, they deal with such breadth of issues like yeah. it's, you, you can't really expect <laughs> much but um but still it was just interesting to watch so it's not surprising to me that it's going to take them a while yeah. to come up with what a federal piece of legislation might look like to cover all of this um but but it looks like that's the direction the ncaa is trying to go um we'll see if they're able to get it done Fascinating. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah. Great job explaining that. Really helps uh, to understand what's going on. We'll have you back at some point, you know, as things continue to move. But uh, sure. thanks for being with us today. Thanks so much for having me. It's All been right. great to be back. All right. At Daniel Hare on Twitter. That's H A R E. You can follow him. And is uh, uh, a podcast? You still have a podcast going? I podcast. I'm not sure anybody would want to listen okay. at this point. Okay. It's not sports related. So <laughs> not it's for sports the lawyers. related. Yeah. I got you. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, uh, Dan is a good follow, and uh, you can tell he is very knowledgeable in this area of law and sports, and great to have on with us. Let's take a break. We'll be back with more in just a moment. John Morris, Stephen Simcox here on ESPN and Fox Sports Central Texas. Hey, it's Matt Mosley, The Matt Mosley Show with Steven Simcox. Exceptional experience, extraordinary results. That's what you receive when you hire the attorneys at Steckler, Wayne, Cochran, Cherry. Trial lawyers with over 100 years of combined experience specializing in catastrophic personal injury and product defect cases, as well as business disputes. Steckler, Wayne, Cochran, Cherry now has an office in Waco managed by local attorney Craig Cherry. Craig is triple board certified. Fewer than 1% of all lawyers in Texas are triple board certified. If you need a lawyer that has exceptional experience and provides extraordinary results for clients, call them in Waco, 254-651-3690. Again, that's 254-651-3690. You can also visit the website and learn more about the firm at www.swclaw.com. Have you been tagged yet again in an engagement ring photo? Are hints being dropped all around you? Rest assured, DMRA Fine Jewelers has been rescuing men seeking the perfect ring for over 25 years. Come in with a picture of her dream ring and we'll make it a reality. With our five-year financing, custom design team, and selection of diamonds, we'll make the whole process fun and enjoyable. DMRA Fine Jewelers on West Waco Drive. In the market for a quality metal building, since 1943, Pioneer Steel and Pipe have helped Central Texas residential and commercial customers with metal building design, panel options, building components, and trim options. Pioneer Steel and Pipe's residential line is energy efficient, offers low maintenance, reduces insurance payments, is impact resistant, and carries up to a 45-year limited warranty. In addition, they can help you find metal building contractors for your project. Pioneer Steel and Pipe, with locations in Waco and Bryan and at PioneerBoys.com. 
At CNC Collision Center, they handle any paint or body work job. In fact, they offer a lifetime warranty on any paint and body job they do. But that's not all they do. At CNC, they can take care of all auto repairs. If your AC is on the fritz, let one of the specialists take care of it so you can beat the Texas heat. Need new tires? CNC has what you need and can even install a Rhino bed liner in your pickup. So for all your automotive repair needs, go to CNC Collision Center, 5849 North Highway 6 in Spiegelville. Elevate your career with a new job at VersaLift Southwest, a Thai manufacturing company. VersaLift Southwest occupies a 16-acre, state-of-the-art assembly and upfitting facility that develops and builds the world's best aerial lifts, digger derricks, and cable placers right here in Central Texas. They are now hiring hydraulic, electrical, and service technicians. All openings start at $17 an hour or more. Drop by their location, 7601 Imperial Drive in Waco, to apply. John Moore's show, Stephen Simcox filling in today, taking you through a best of as JMO's out. I want to let you hear uh, something from the Matt Mosley show. This is a Leah Miller. She is the 800-meter runner at Baylor. She recently ran in the Olympic trials. Here's Aaliyah with Matt Mosley talking about running in the Olympic trials, being nominated for Big 12 Female Athlete of the Year, and more. Aaliyah, I just wanted to congratulate you on all your success. I know it was a, uh, a bummer that, uh, you know, the heat you were in last night, it didn't work out. But I'm telling you, man, you're, you're going to make the Olympics at some point if you want to keep going down this path. And... Uh, uh, we're very, uh, very proud of, of you, and that was so fun to, to be able to watch you these last couple of uh, weeks and all your competitions, and uh, congratulations is, is the way I want to start out. Thank you so much, and thank you for having me. You bet. Um, are you able to finally relax a little bit? What, what is the, what's the psychology right now? Are you, um, are you... Are you feeling kind of relieved to finally maybe to, I mean, all this training, all that it culminates in the Olympic trials, are you still kind of just going through kind of uh, frustration? Where are you in the whole process? Because you've had so many huge championships lately. You win the national title, so there's so much to be excited about. How do you process uh, what happened last night? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's pretty tough, and it's really easy to just focus on you know, one me, but I have to, you know, sit back, you know, be thankful of the season that I did have and, you know, have a chance to get my first title and race healthy. And, you know, I think that's the only thing I could really wish for coming in with this COVID year and having so much unknown, you know, training through it and, you know, getting back, you know, through in the swing of things. Walk us through the race a little bit, um, and then we'll get to the all, all the exciting stuff. Although it was exciting, you were right there, in the mix for this thing when you when you go back and i'm sure you'll go back and look at the film of it and break it all down what um what were you pleased with and what were you was there anything you kind of look back and go man i you know wish i'd have gotten going a little faster what was your what's your kind of takeaway from from the olympic trials oh yeah i mean it was an amazing experience i've never been to a meet this high caliber before so it was really fun you know to qualify and make it out there and just be able to run with 
some of the best girls, you know, in the nation in the 800. So it was fun. And I, I really thought I stuck well to my race plan and, you know, stood out there in the front with Raven. But, you know, towards the end, I just didn't have the kick and the strength that I needed to, you know, finish strong. So just take that into consideration for, you know, the next time I'm out, out there and just just keeps me, give me gives me some pointers to work on for next time. Yeah, I uh, talking to Aaliyah Miller, and uh, Aaliyah, I love it that you're, I was talking before while we were trying to get you on, um, the fact that you're from McKinney, that's, uh, that's a place that's very special to me, and I've had a little, a lot of family uh, there over the years and still do, my sister and brother-in-law. What was, uh, what was the track scene like growing up there from McKinney Boyd High School and, and, and having come up in that area? Did you, uh, uh, who, who were kind of the first, people there um, that, that you touch base with and really kind of stoked your fire and got you going in, 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 uh, in running? Oh, yeah. I mean, I love my hometown of McKinney. That's really where my love of this sport started. I started when I was like seven and um, ran summer track with Coach Thomas. And you know, ever since then, I just had a love of, you know, the bond that you get with the girls that you're running with and with the coaches, you know, it's really a whole community. And once I realized I wanted to do this and take this on to the middle school and high school level, it was just amazing. The people that I've gotten to meet and, you know, race with and be coached by, it's been such an honor. And it was so nice to see, you know, my alum post about me and, you know, everybody was cheering for me. I saw on Facebook, like my fourth and I think my fourth, no, my second and fifth grade teachers were like commenting on my post, like congratulating me and wishing me luck. It's just, you know, to feel all the amazing support is just amazing. And I'm just really thankful that, you know, they still follow me on this journey. And it's just been so, so nice to have. Leo, like what grade was it? I'm always curious that like, when did you figure out that some of these distances, obviously, uh, the 800, you can run, I mean, I'm sure you uh, were, you know, you've obviously run the four by four and all of that, but like, when, at what point did the, did it start to kind of become clear to you that the 800 was going to be your, your, your best race? And obviously you can run long distance. You've done really well across country, but what, what was it like third, fourth grade? Did you already know in second grade? Like, how how quickly i bet you were beating kids from the time you were like in kindergarten but like when <laughs> did you kind of start to feel serious about it yeah i find it funny someone told me it's like you don't pick the 800 the 800 picks you and i definitely feel like that's what um <laughs> happened to me cuz it's not really the race anybody ever wants to volunteer themselves for but i love it you know it's a mix of strength and speed and endurance and it kind of just you know tests you to the highest um mark but i think um, through summer track, I was able to like, you know, find my love for it and really enjoy it. And then I, once I started getting into middle school and high school, I started realizing that, you know, I was kind of good. And then, you know, I feel like my coaches really helped me keep a humble mindset and a driven mindset, not getting too complacent or overworked, um, chasing time, just really still, you know, running with the joy that I had with running and just competing, um, healthily and happy. Did you know that? Did you already know, like, even as you were pretty young, about like the legendary Clyde Hart and what he had done, and obviously Coach Harbor. Um, I mean, his his running is is almost legendary. Back in the day when he ran for Baylor, like, how did when did Baylor get on your radar? 
and was it really close between a couple other schools or did you did Baylor really rise to the top uh, almost right away with you? Yeah, growing up in Texas, and I've heard about Baylor, but I didn't really know much about the school. It wasn't until Coach um, reached out to my high school, Coach Harbor reached out to my high school coach, Coach Kehi, and he was like, yeah, you know, I really like the way she runs and just offered me a full scholarship based off of me running um, freshman cross country. And I was like, this man is insane. I don't even like cross country like that, but I really felt like ever since then, um, I visited Baylor a lot, and Baylor felt like home, and I loved that it was only two hours away from McKinney and just felt like it was the right move for me. So, yeah, I mean, family is such a big reason of why I chose Baylor, and they have that ba- that family aspect that I love so much. So it's just been a blessing to be able you know, to be a part of that and to have the support of the Baylor family. All right, and, and when you look back on your Baylor career, like, so, you know, what What was the, um, obviously, you know, at Nationals and all the success you had, but was there one race where, like, one of the first, you put up such huge numbers over the years, you've won a ton of races, but what was the, the first big breakthrough for you at Baylor? Like, when was the, what was the meet that you thought, okay, I, I think I can, I think I can, uh, you know, be pretty big on this college scene? Yeah, I find it funny that I um, have picked this one, but it was my freshman year when I ran at the Iowa State meet. It was like a very, it's a very popular meet for distance runners, and I went up there and I got second, and I think I got, I raced like the fifth or seventh fastest time in the nation, and I feel like that solidified, I guess, my thought of like, you know, running with these big girls, because, you know, coming into, coming in as a freshman, you know, everybody look so much older and bigger than you, but that was also the race that I got hurt at. So it was a very humbling experience thinking that, you know, I can run with these girls and then having to sit out and watch it. But I think it just, you know, drove the fire, made me hungry and just wanted to make sure that I just got back to that level. That's Aaliyah Miller. She ran the Olympic trials last week uh, and, and did a great job for Baylor. Also was a national champion in the 800 meters and she joined the Matt Mosley show uh, on Friday. Coming up next, we'll wrap things up on the John Moore Show. We'll get you ready for the Mosley Show coming up at 3 o'clock. This is ESPN and Fox Sports Central Texas. Recently on the John Moore Show. Rick Butler is our guest, a former MCC baseball coach, won the national championship at MCC in 1983. Uh, it's almost like a mash unit in, in the World Series that year. Uh, we started the first game with Greg Dennis splitting his chin open on home plate, had to have stitches, and then uh, Kenneth Patterson got hit in the, in the face by a double play ball because he couldn't get down and slide quick enough. And then Jerry Fout, and this is the one most people remember, took a line drive off of his head that went over the third base dugout into the bleachers, came back the next night and pitched a complete game for the championship. So those were some tough guys, 58 and seven records, nothing to scoff at. And they brought the prize home and we're very proud of that team. Listen to the voice of the bears weekdays from two to 3 PM here on the home of the bears, ESPN central Texas.
Slovacek Sausage has found a great home in Central Texas and we're growing with you. We have found so many ways to celebrate all the great things about Texas. Football, family and friends and so much more. We have all of the barbecue, specialty meats and over 35 kinds of kolaches to make your next meal or gathering a great success and we do all the work. If you're on the road, we have the best place for your pooch to stop and stretch with our beautiful dog park. So with the hospitality of Texas and our Czech heritage, Vitame Vos. That means we welcome you. At Slovacek's, you'll love our sausage. Corporate retirement has a lot of moving parts, and putting together a thorough plan takes careful preparation. I'm Joe Kaleo with Kaleo Wealth Management. I've spent a lot of time thinking about retirement planning from the perspective of employees and employers. We'd like to build a relationship with you and help you chart a path toward your financial goals. Kaleo Wealth Management is a Central Texas team of UBS Financial Services, member FINRA SIPC. paid for by the Sentinel Group, non-attorney spokesperson. Attention, this is an important message for anyone diagnosed with Parkinson's disease after being exposed to Paraquat or other similar herbicides. Paraquat is a chemical commonly used by farmers and those that work with or apply herbicides. Residences near agricultural sites are also at risk for exposure. Scientific research showed that exposure to Paraquat close to a residence increased Parkinson's disease risk by 75%. Numerous additional studies confirmed the link between Paraquat and increased risk for Parkinson's. Parkinson's. In fact, Paraquat has been banned or limited for use in many other countries around the world. If you or a loved one was diagnosed with Parkinson's after being exposed to Paraquat or other herbicides and suffered side effects, you may be entitled to significant cash compensation. Call us today at 800-218-5701. Our experienced attorneys are ready to fight for you and you'll pay nothing unless there's a recovery in your favor. Call 800-218-5701. Again, that's 800-218-5701. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Ward Weich with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update, brought to you by Slovacic Sausage in West. The Milwaukee Bucks go up 2-1 in the Eastern Finals, beating the Hawks 113-102. In the West Finals tonight, the Clippers are at the Suns. Suns could punch their ticket to the Finals. They lead that series 3-1. Tip is at 8 o'clock. Game 1 of the Stanley Cup Finals tonight, Montreal at Tampa Bay. Puck drops at 7 o'clock. Former Baylor standout forward Lauren Cox, the number three pick in the 2020 WNBA draft, was waived by the Indiana Fever. Astros split their four-game series with the Tigers over the weekend. Astros come home and start a series with Baltimore tonight, 6.05 first pitch. Rangers get a sweep of the Royals. They had the day off before starting a series in Oakland with the A's tomorrow night. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. show Jim decided to take you home with a little give me shelter today Rolling Stones John will be back tomorrow he's in Houston
taking care of a family situation. I think they're going to check out Nashville's game tonight as well. So I'm sure we'll get a full report. Coming up, Matt Mosley show. Myself and Matt will take you from three to four and then game time. Tom Barfield and me, Annie B. Garth, taking you up until six o'clock. On Matt's show, uh, Kevin Longquist is going to join us at 3.40. Baylor football is on a heater right now on the recruiting trail. They are just absolutely on fire. A couple commits over the weekend, a couple commits today. So we'll break down that with Kevin, who works from Sikkim Sports, the rivals outlet for Baylor. He's uh, really plugged in to who these kids are, what their relationships are, why they decide to come to Waco. But Baylor doing really well after these official visits, and that's one new thing that's going on in every sport is the dead period's finally over. For over a year, high schoolers, JUCO kids, whatever the case may be, they've always or they've all been uh, doing these visits virtually. They've been doing everything over Zoom. Well, now they're actually getting to meet coaches in person, go to these campuses, and see what they have to offer. And Baylor's obviously putting an attractive sales pitch out there because they have been on a roll as of late. So that's coming up on Mosley Show. We'll also have uh, Scotty Pittman on. Well, we'll have some audio of Scotty Pittman. We're not going to have him on as a guest. That was silly of me to say. But he was on the Dan Patrick Show today, and he had some really interesting comments. Scotty's got some bourbon coming out. He's been doing a media tour, and he's not been holding back. He said something about Phil Jackson that we want to dive into at 3.20 today. But for now... We'll sign off. This has been the John Moore Show. JMO back tomorrow. I'm Stephen Simcox. I'll be back as well. You're listening to ESPN Central and Fox Sports Central Texas. Matt Mosley Show up next.